Marvin, born too soon. Uh, it's uh, too soon for my my parents' life. Uh, that's what I meant. Uh, right. It's maybe, yeah. Um, my my mother wanted to be a singer. She was an artist. She wanted to be a singer, and uh, unfortunately, I came into um, the picture, and she was um, not so happy about it. Uh, so let's say uh, she left my dad when I was eight, and she remarried uh, with a narcissist pedophile. That was awesome too. <laughs> um, so uh, in every in every bad situation, depending on how you see, you can find the learning. There is a learning, and this is what is shaping you later on. Um, you know, to be able to help others through their trauma. Learn to love yourself, no matter what. Uh, this is this is probably the hardest thing to do, especially as a as a child of trauma. But it's just the most important thing you can do for yourself, and that will change the direction of your life and that's gonna really help you not uh, go through over and over and over again the same same patterns it's really really important it's gonna solve all your problems <laughs> that's all I can say. welcome to this is personal rewinding a life a podcast about people's personal journeys of discovery and recreation I'm Dan Simon. We dig deep to understand the essence of each guest. How did they get to this point in their life? We all have stories to tell about our own lives that help the rest of us realize who we are and what we could become. As a life coach, I've always been intrigued by the stories people tell. What were the trials, tragedies, and triumphs they encountered while navigating through life? There are no mistakes in life, only experiences and lots of contrast. If we can have compassion for others, can't we have the same for ourselves? That's always been my personal mission, to remind people the truth of who they are, to remind them that they've done their very best. In each episode, that's what you'll find, a beautiful soul doing their best to create a life that's fulfilling and rewarding. Enjoy the stories. In today's show, you will meet Clody. I always give my guests the option of appearing anonymously or, or semi-anonymously so they can be completely comfortable speaking freely about uh, their lives. And that's the case here. I found Clody's story to be inspiring and motivational. Although she had a very difficult upbringing of abuse and mistreatment, not a hint of self-pity, blame, or victimhood anywhere within her being. She has created a very vibrant and fulfilling life and now is in the process of starting over once again. So let's dive in and hear Clody's story. Welcome, Clody. Hello. Thank you for having me. So tell us your story. I was, I guess, uh, born in a family of... Uh, a young artist, um, and uh, I guess I was um, born too soon to two young parents uh, trying to be just, uh, you know, being uh, implanted in the middle of all that. So 
all through the years, they, uh, I guess my mother did pretty much uh, what she could to um, uh, live through that. So t tell me a little bit more about being born too soon. I've been born too soon. Uh, it's uh, too soon for my my parents' life. Uh, that's what I meant. Uh, right. It's yeah. Um, my my mother wanted to be a singer. She was an artist. She wanted to be a singer, and uh, unfortunately, I came into um, the picture, and she was um, not so happy about it. But um, you know, it, it, I was not the first one like this, so she decided that it was time to keep me. And uh, that created a little bit of frustration later on, uh, because it was kind of like um, she had to take care of me instead of um, becoming the singer she wanted to be. And uh, having a, a partner that was very irresponsible did not really help the whole situation. So you're talking about your father? Yes. So when did that, when do you recall that first becoming apparent uh, that there was some resentment there? Uh, when, I was, when I was about four and five, I was singing a lot. Uh, every day. Uh, I woke up, I sang, I went to bed, I sang everywhere I went, I sang, I invented song and teaching them to my friends and telling them that the chief Indian and Indian chief taught me the songs and I was teaching them and everybody was very like uh, happy to sing with me and then uh, one day my mother told me that uh, I was a very bad singer and I should stop singing right away Wow! and I did and I never sang again <laughs> and it's uh, it's only later on when I was um, a more grown up that uh, she told me that I was not a wanted um, pregnancy, uh, but she did it anyway, but it had stopped her career because of me. So, so how did that, how, well, let me ask you, how old were you when she actually directly told you that? I was in my teenage year. But did you feel that resentment, did it manifest itself in terms of um, her unhappiness throughout your entire life before that, before she actually told you about it? Uh, I'm not sure. There was a little, there was so many things happening and uh, other things happening in my, in my family growing up. Uh, a lot of craziness actually. So I don't know. I think, I think there was part of some resentment, but she really tried her best no matter what to, uh, you know, make my life as good as it could be. Um, even through the circumstances that she was going through um, with her husband. So how did you leave your, your teenage years? What was the message that you took with you when you, when you became an adult? Uh, through a teenage, uh, she left my dad when I was eight, and she remarried uh, with a narcissist pedophile. Um, mm. And um, so that was awesome too. <laughs> um, so that was the teenage year. I had to go through um, a lot of trauma from that. Nothing physically happened, but it was a lot of um, psychological abuse because my stepdad was trying to fight his pedophilia. 
so it just turned into anger towards towards me instead. And uh, since my mother uh, kept on being pregnant, she was not very uh, there for me at the time. So I had to deal with uh, dealing with all this by myself while helping her with my sisters as well. So she had you had other siblings that came mm -hmm. over after you. Yes, I had one uh, full sister and three half sisters. Um, and yeah, I the age difference was seven years apart, the closest one. So I spent most of my, my, my youth taking care of my sisters and helping out in the house. That sounds like a very difficult upbringing. Uh, yeah, it was very hard, but at the same time, I learned a lot. And I see it that it made me who I am, even if I'm still uh, dealing with um, healing from some of the trauma. Uh, it, it gave me a lot of like good values um, to have in my life and a lot of uh, self being self-responsible and being aware and being able to also uh, read people and people's character uh, from trying to uh, uh, deal with my stepfather all the time so there was a lot of uh, mind reading <laughs> skills development there <laughs> so and also the self-responsibility being able to um, take care of a lot of people at the same time even under uh, crisis times uh, so that was very good and it helped me become um, uh, to develop my leadership as well so uh, in every in every bad situation, depending on how you see, you can find the learning. There is a learning, and this is what it's shaping you later on. Um, you know, to be able to help others through their trauma. Yeah, you know, I've you know I've always believed that the situations we're put in were put in for reasons of of learning and growth, but that doesn't that doesn't at the time, you don't realize any of that, and, and I'm still I'm really curious about um, what the effect was on you at the time. Obviously, you've done a lot of work and a lot of healing work, but um, uh, it's almost impossible to wrap, you, wrap your head around, from my standpoint, all of the challenges that went on for you between... Uh, and I don't know whether you continue to have a relationship with your father after they divorced or what that was like, but between that and, and uh, your stepfather and having to take care of all the younger siblings and your mother being uh, obviously challenged in terms of not being able to do what she wanted to, to do. Um, that's a lot of burden, a lot of pressure on one person. And how were, at the time, how did you handle, how did, how did you handle that? What effect did it have on you at the time? Um, we, uh, I, I stopped seeing my, my dad eight when I went, my mom decided to leave the relationship. Uh, my dad was uh, uh, like to consume a lot of drugs, so she didn't want him to be around. So I, did, I, I stopped my relationship with my father and then it transformed with my stepfather. And how did I, um, I, to tell you the truth, I don't know. There's some, there is some, something very strong in me that helped me going through all that. I know that at the age of 14, I did um, try suicide a few times. Wow. Um, and 
fortunately that did not work because I did not know what I was doing. Uh, and um, yeah, that the age of 14 was one of the, the hardest, uh, the hardest time. Um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought that it, the abuse would never stop. So my only, um, my only solution at that point that I could think of is like, well, this is not worth living, so I'm just going to stop. Uh, but like I said, it did not work. And to tell you the truth, I really don't know because I, I never went to a psychiatrist or never reached out for help in any other ways than finding books to help me. Um, Even after the attempt, you weren't offered any, any uh, therapeutic help at all? Uh, no, my parents were very poor, so it was not in the budget. Wow. Yeah, and it's, it's so really you, like uh, with your things because, uh, yeah, we don't have time for that. <laughs> well, we've got time. Uh, were there any happy times at all before that? Uh, yeah, my, my, mom, my mom and I um, had, had the making art in common. So yeah. we did a lot of uh, art making, even if we were poor uh, during Christmas time and birthday time, uh, we would all sit together and make each other's gifts. So that was very fun. Uh, there was a lot of creativity, even uh, with the no money uh, situation. So that really helped me um, stay focused and you know, I developed a lot of talents. Uh, uh, like making your own clothes because you cannot buy it. <laughs> what would be the thing you say you learned from your mother that was the most important? Uh, creativity, a lot of uh, a lot of different skills, cooking, um, being able, uh, being resourceful. That was very good, and uh, even if I if I took her victim mentality, she also brought in me a lot of strength. That kind of like anything is possible, like if you want to, if you want to make it happen. Did your mother ever go back to singing later no. in life? No. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. but, but she is an artist today. So after the attempt, when you're 14. What happened after that period after that while you were still at home? Did things stay the same or improve? Uh, the social social worker came and then my my dad, uh, my stepdad made I guess he got scared a little bit uh, from that. Uh, he tried to cover up the the uh, the good narcissist uh, uh, role play of crying and oh no you know it's like this hidden i i was just trying to teach you something i i would never right. hurt you and you know the whole thing so he was really good at that so everybody believed him but i think it did still scared him a little bit and he left me alone more um so i had a breather time there but uh, there was still some uh, psychological abuse of um putting everything that was going wrong in the house, uh, saying that it was my fault and my negative thinking. 
making this happen. So the abuse continued, but it was uh, a little less intense. And then when I turned 15, I started going out and I was less and less at home. So I spent a lot of time going out and dancing and then just making friends. And when did you eventually leave home? How old were you? Uh, we moved out. Uh, my mom finally woke up and she left him when I was 16. So I stayed there. I stayed with her till I was 18. And as soon as this, I was 18, I was out of there. Even if my stepdad, even if I, my stepdad was gone, I just didn't want to be around any of that anymore. So where, where were you with your, your energy and your feelings after you finally got out of the house at 18. Obviously, you just don't walk away and it all disappears. You've had a, a lifetime of some pretty big challenges. Where, How would you describe what you were prepared for when you walked into life as an adult? Actually, for some reason, I always believed of the good of, of the world and the people. And there was only like, there's a few bad people and then the rest of the world is awesome. So I'm always been a very, very positive person. So when I got out, it felt really good. I felt free. I could like just, you know, be me finally. Uh, and then I ended up like having good experience in, in general. Uh, but slowly with time, there's things that started to resurface. Uh, the trauma that started to resurface, and I started ha I started um, having uh, abusive relationship when I was about 24. So before that, I had really good, healthy relationship, and for some reason, uh, something switched, and then I started having um, abusive relationship that resemble uh, my stepdad and my dad. Uh, attitude. Hmm, I guess that's not that's not really uncommon. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that's very, very common, and uh, it's it's very sad to see how common it is, actually. So, at the time, what did you do to get out of the abusive relationship, and to what kind of what what was the progress? What was happening in that period of time? What did you do to uh, turn things around? Well, you just, uh, I, 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 ju I just had those relationship and then go through, you know, being in that relationship and one day you wake up and you say, wait a minute, this is, this doesn't feel right. You know, it was, it was mainly uh, psychological abuse. Uh, so psychological abuse is a, is a strange one because at the beginning, everything is great. Uh, you are the best person in the world you are like this and like they're very kind and everything and uh, as soon as you're the more you give in uh suddenly the your partner start changing and then it plays with oh maybe you're not so nice anymore and then again when you're you're feeling like um depleted then they start like, oh, but you're so nice. You're the best. You're the love of my life. And then suddenly, like two weeks later, you're the bitch of my life. You know, it's like it's really, it's really strange. And little by little, uh, there, these people really like a lot of attention. So you start cutting, 
cutting uh, your tie with your friends and be more isolated and then your life revolved around your partner and and it's only it's only with uh, a lot of just observing which I was lucky to have acquire as a skill that you can really see what's happening but sometimes it can take you know for some people it can take 20 years but I was lucky enough that most of my relationship uh, more my abusive relationship were between three months to seven years you know it really is and I've, I've studied this a lot and th this and there's some and I can't remember the name of the there was one particular uh, TED talk um, and I, the name doesn't come to me at the moment but of a woman that again like you said that's with the narcissist it starts out beautiful and then the gaslighting starts and the change in behavior and the control and the cutting off and it just it appeared to me it's just very difficult because the whole thing can happen so gradually that uh, I guess the whole the whole strategy, consciously or subconsciously, of the narcissist is to is to beat you down and make you think that there's something wrong with you. It's all your fault, and and even with the strongest uh, woman, anybody in a particular situation can can get their confidence, can lose their confidence. Um, it's not it's not a matter at all in terms of simply a woman is weak and can be taken advantage of it can really happen to anybody and it and i guess oftentimes it it does and uh, i think the more people are aware of uh, the uh, the examples of how this happens and the more people are educated you know, the, the better chance they have <laughs> of not falling subject to it as you said because it that can go on forever, can go on, that abuse can go on for a lifetime. Oh, yeah, and it, it, it can go on for a long time and without without the woman even knowing that it's happening, but it's just, uh, she's she's slowly, like, uh, feeling depleted and depleted and more depleted, and and then some, some women actually develop, like, uh, mystery illness or cancer and all kinds of things, and I'm, I'm just saying moment because, unfortunately, it happens more to women there is more narcissists and and sociopaths that are men than women it's starting to change a little bit uh but um yeah it's it, it can take a very long time before you really realize um and then sometimes you they woman dies before you know they can realize that it that it's happening to them so tell me more about um your experiences in your 20, 20s and your 30s and, and, uh, and uh, how things evolved? Well, uh, I, have, uh, I have realized recently that, um, well, we all have our, our trauma to deal with. And then for me, uh, since when I was younger uh, with my stepfather, every time I would shine, I would became I would become the target. Uh, so what happened with that in my in my later years in my twenties uh, when I was single I would really like put all my energy into myself and then suddenly I would you know start to shine in whatever I was I would I would take on 
and as a defense mechanism what would happen is that I suddenly I would attract the perfect relationship which most likely would be a narcissist uh, that really needs all the attention I would attract that relationship to me even if I didn't want a relationship but for some reason that relationship would just come and then I would just like go head over heel into the relationship and most of the time and actually all of the time the person the new person was actually working in the same uh field that i was working on and then i would take all my energy and put it to them saying oh yeah we can do that together and uh let's let's work together that's gonna be awesome i'm gonna help you i learned so much on my own let me help you so there was this this constant like uh uh exchange and then i would just put them up and then while doing that i would stop uh giving attention to myself and my career and then i would stop shining little by little so uh right. my my trauma had was attracting these type of person just in a sense to protect me which was uh which was which is just a, a mechanism that i developed when i was a young kid which now I don't need anymore. But since I did not know about it at the time, uh, it was just automatic. It was just subconsciously, I was used to doing that and just be like, as soon as I start shining, just stop because you're gonna get hurt. So you had to like, I had to find ways to stop. And yeah, I've been doing that about four, four or five times now. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, I'm done. <laughs> you're done with, with, uh halting the the self shining yes exactly uh i've learned my lesson and i have discovered what i just told you about very very recently and it, it's it's pretty amazing all the things that we develop as as children to as a survival mode to make sure that we're not getting hurt and then we don't see that we we carry on the rest all our lives even if we don't need that anymore we are adult we're strong nobody's there to hurt us anymore but it's just we're so used to 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 be that way that's we keep on carrying that well it's that's what's comfortable you know what yes. you developed when you're younger becomes comfortable and and doing the things to step into your own power can be very uncomfortable and uh, i guess the question that comes to mind is the development you've and the awareness that you've uh, gained in your life so far, Clody, is uh, what help did you have with that? How much was you figuring out yourself versus relying on the help of other people, whether friends or professionals, uh, to help you realize some of these things and help you move out of it? How did that happen? So uh, with the time spent with my uh, stepfather, uh, he used to tell me a lot that I was crazy and he would like bring me to uh, uh, a crazy people hospital and like, uh, you know, all kinds of weird things. So I never wanted to uh, seek uh, help of a professional because of that. Um, and I did research. Uh, the last, my last relationship was a very uh, low spectrum um narcissistic relationship and i went to depression for very 
for the first time a really big long depression for the for, for the first time in my life and I did not like where where I was going I did not like what I became I felt as I really realized that how weak I had become and I was not wanting to do anything with my become and then one day I said okay this is it I need to seek seek something I need to I need to find something I need I need to hear Here's something different and I actually went on uh, YouTube and searched for speakers um, transformational speakers and what I came across I, I listened to a lot of TED talk and I came across uh, Mel Robbins uh, TED talk about the five-second rule yeah and uh, that really started my healing I she was just starting it's about two years ago she was just really starting doing all this uh, and I took um, her power of you uh, workshop and I did it ah. uh, one one time and then the next time I signed in again so I did it two times in yeah, Mel Robbins is absolutely she's absolutely awesome that's so she's, great thing. yes she is really fantastic. She, she, yeah, everything she said is it was really what I needed to hear at that time to like push me out of where I was and realizing that when I met, okay, my problem is that I don't I don't love myself enough and it's time to change that and I have the power to do that and with with all her coaching and stuff it really uh, it really changed um, uh, my path in the right direction. So and then from then I just kept on it's funny i kind of channel I, I channel the internet so it's often if i have like a question or like i'm wondering okay how get it how can i get out of this 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 thing i have in my my this block that i have in my brain then i'm just going to go on youtube and it's just going to show me oh this is this is the next video you have to uh, uh you have to listen so i I listen to a lot of different people like Joe Dispenza and Gabor Mate and um, uh, Kyle Cease that has been totally awesome. I've I've been with um, his, his uh, uh, Facebook group since last February, I think, or January. And even if I tried before meditation, which it never worked with him, he really introduces us into a different type of meditation that I said, okay, I can do that. That's simple. It's it's like, it's not like all organized. I can just sit here with myself. Since I've been doing that meditation, this is how really all those insights came and the realization of, of my def defense mechanism and, uh, learning about uh, being addictive, uh, addicted to the stress hormones of childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. uh, I learned that from Joe Dispenza as well. So I really went and then uh, find, found tools and people that would answer the question that I had. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I've always been curious on how things work, how things are made and how the brain works. And, um, how can I use more of my brain? So I, I got this. I got blessed by that curiosity, and that's what really helped me uh, breaking. Well, let, can may I uh, compliment uh, you? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. May I compliment you in terms of uh, your curiosity and your passion for finding answers, and and 
you know, I couldn't agree with you more about there's, you know, you can say all the nasty things you want about the internet and Google and Facebook, but there's a tremendous amount of information by some very smart people that have done lots of work and lots of research. And you know, I follow Joe Dispenza as well. He's unbelievable. And, and Kyle Cease and, uh, and Dave Asprey. And um, it's, it's unbelievable what you can find out there if you want to just do a little bit of hunting, a little bit of searching. But, you know, I think that's a tribute to you because for, you know, probably this is just my guess, but for every one person who went through um, half or a tenth of what you went through, um, probably 90% of them uh, probably lived their or living their lives in a victim mentality and just feeling sorry for themselves and, and not seeking help and not trying to move out of, uh, out of their circumstances. So, uh, the fact that, and apparently with, with very little help being offered from the outside and you doing just about everything yourself. And I got, I really got what you said about having a reluctance to seek, seek professional help because of the, the, uh, the negativity you got from your stepfather about, uh, you know, being crazy and all that kind of stuff. It's too bad, but, uh, you know, you found a way despite all of that. So, uh, that's really, really uh, impressive in terms of what you've what you've accomplished. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, and also like there's one thing that my mother always taught me, and I think that's what that's what really, really helped me in life. She taught me about self responsibility, uh, knowing that you choose, you have you have the choice to choose what you want in your life, and then you are responsible for what happens to you. So. I hold that really dear to my heart, and I think that really helped me. It's like, okay, this thing's happening. What am I doing? I can do something. Let's look for answer. Let's let's search help. Like otherwise, like let's read book. Let's like let's do something about it. And also, I want to say that another book I would I would suggest to anybody that's going through these type of relationship or that live these type of trauma. Um, uh, it's uh, the new the new book uh, of Christian North uh, Northrop. I don't think if I'm saying that good, but Christian, Christian North Northrop. Yeah, yes, North exactly. North. What's the name yes. of the book? The book is uh, Dodging Energy Vampires. Oh. Uh, it is very very awesome book with a lot of uh, brilliant brilliant insight on um, the these type of relationship and why do they exist um, yeah so I just I I just finished reading that um, this week or last week Dodging Energy Vampires by Christian Northrop yes exactly I'll put that on the list yes. so let me ask this uh, Claudia what would be your next what's your next challenge what's the next thing that you're uh, tackling in your life my next thing I'm tackling in my life, uh, actually, since I did a lot of growth, uh, well, my entire world is, is crumbling, of course, because I do not fit in uh, where I have been because I have changed. Uh, so I'm leaving my live-work space and my relationships. So my next, 
my next step is to find um, a new place to land, uh, even if I'm uh, depleted in in the material way that is really uh, in good health right now. Um, so I'm sure something good will happen. And uh, I I started writing a book, and I really want to continue doing that. And uh, the book is is about trauma and my experiences, and and I hope that it will help other people overcome their own um, their own trauma as well. And also uh, realizing that even if I love the doing art uh, and I'm good at it, I think I this is not what I'm supposed to do in life. I can use my arts, my artistic skill to do something else. Also, mainly help others healing from their trauma, and that's where I'm going. I'm going forward uh, with uh, a series of photo, uh, photo portrait um, of people while helping them find their hidden powers. So I don't know. If wow. Sorry, my. My my English French is like sometimes a little <laughs> mixed. That's that's uh, <laughs> much. It's, it's perfect. It's certainly much better much better than my French. Uh, so at this point in your life, you're basically leaving all the things behind that no longer fit, that no longer work, and you're going off on new adventures, including helping other people that have had kind of traumas similar to what you've had. You're writing a book, and you're you're going forward in uh, in uh, unknown territory. That takes a lot of uh, courage to do that. Uh, I, I maybe it's courage for me. I just see that I realize uh, that yeah, it's great. You make art. You do beautiful things, and people say, "Oh, wow, this is awesome!" Give you a pat on the back. But this is not. I'm not satisfied by that. Uh, it served me for a while, but I'm, I'm, this is, I, I really don't care. <laughs> like I, I need something that is more meaningful in life than to just, um, be seen as a, as a good artist or, you know, I know bringing beauty into the world is, is very special and it's, it's awesome. But for me, I need something, uh, that makes bigger change on on this planet and I know that's what I'm supposed to do it feels like so and we don't have uh, we've got about four minutes left with our conversation Cody mm -hmm. uh, if you could uh, talk to somebody that's a younger person that 18 19 20 years old that's uh, had a difficult uh, childhood had had their own share of traumas or whatever sort what kind of advice would you give them uh, or what, what would you give yourself as the 18-year-old if you could go back in time? Learn to love yourself, no matter what. Uh, this is this is probably the hardest thing to do, especially as a, as a child of trauma. But it's just the most important thing you can do for yourself. And that will change the direction of your life and that's going to really help you not uh, go through over and over and over again the same same patterns it's really really important it's going to solve all your problems <laughs> that's all I can say. so how did you learn to love yourself because it's oh, easier said than done isn't it 
I'm still working on it. <laughs> yes, but it, it's much better. It's, uh, uh, I think, I think uh, really, how you say it, taking some time for yourself, like yourself, like the meditation is really good. Just saying, okay, I'm going to take, no matter what's happening around me, I'm going to take that hour just for me. Nobody disturbs me. And then stay in touch with yourself and then listen to yourself and know your body and, and, and know, know your feeling and, and, and listen to your intuition, listen to your guts. And all this is really going to help you like discover all the beauty that is within you and all the amazingness that is within you. But if you're just busy, busy, like trying to fix the world to be loved and then busy, busy to perform so you can be loved by others, it, you'll never have time to love yourself. So it's really like take the time for yourself. And then little by little, you'll know that, that everything that's inside of you is the most important thing. Well, I got to tell you, I'm just very blown away at your at your eloquence and your elegance in terms of explaining that, and the uh, you know the the amount of self awareness to to be able to look at yourself and to give yourself because you know I think what what you're saying is that you're able to look inside and decide to take care of yourself and that you really recognized your intrinsic value even though you had so many other reasons that you could have said no i don't have any value and i'll have to look for things on the outside so uh it's just um it's it's very inspiring i think that your story um whether via our podcast or via the other ways that you're going to get your story out um is unbelievably empowering to um, people both men and women and uh, i hope to uh, to see your story out there in many different ways because I think it's, I know it will help a lot of other people. And uh, thank you for sharing it with, with my audience and with me and having the bravery to show up and do this. I know it's not particularly easy, but uh, um, it was, mu it's much appreciated for you to, to hear your story. It's a, it's a fantastic story. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me and, it was our pleasure. Thank you for being part of the show. Okay. Thanks for listening to This Is Personal, Rewinding a Life. If you like the show, please subscribe. Leave a nice review and share this with your friends. That all would be greatly appreciated. You can find me at dansimon.co, Instagram at dansimontv, Twitter at dansimontv as well. And if you have a story to share, and I know you do, we'd love to hear it. Contact me and we'll talk about having you as a guest on This Is Personal. Till the next show, be well.